Hello and welcome to the Quacks Podcast, episode four. I am Lucas. I'm Brian. Here we are. Back again. Back again. Back from Expo. You had a big weekend. I did. Yeah. So we're going to benefit from that, all of us, right? We are. I don't know. I interviewed some owners of companies. I interviewed a couple doctors, you know, non-quacks. Right. Yeah. I didn't tell them the name of the podcast was Quacks. I wonder if they would have given me an interview if I told them <laughs> that it was called Quacks. A rose by any other name. What <laughs> was I going to say? What? Give me the basic gist because I wasn't there, so I didn't get to experience this firsthand. Tell us about what Expo is. So Expo, it's a large show in Anaheim. It happens every year. And it's big. There's like 100,000 people that show up. There's almost 4,000 booths. And basically, it's three or four days of people walking around and doing business and seeing what's new. And um, it's pretty great. You know, the crazy thing was it was basically a CBD show. Uh, They said something like 5% of the booths were CBD related, which is insane. It's crazy. Um, But not totally unpredictable. after the farm bill passed and a lot of people jumping on this bandwagon. Totally. Um, one of our amazing. Yeah, one of our interviews, too, is a guy who owns a CBD company, and he's owned it for a couple of years. So he kind of has some good insight on uh, the FDA and the regulation. And Well, because they were the pioneers. Those pioneers, the ones who started off in the CBD stuff, they really were kind of like outlaws in the sense that they federally, on the federal level, they could have been shut down at any time, not only had their business shut down, but gone to prison. Yeah. So that I'm slow, like completely in awe of some of these people who, who started this whole thing. Yeah, total props to him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump in. Uh, I think we're going to do Dr. Nick Bits first. So here is that interview. All right. This is Lucas. I am at Expo West sitting down here with Dr. Nick Bits, who is the doctor at U-Theory, the largest collagen manufacturer in the world. But he doesn't want to talk about collagen today. He wants to talk about something he's passionate about, which is uh, sattvic diets and Ayurveda. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what is a sattvic diet, Nick? The sattvic diet. So the sattvic diet is uh, really, um, it's the yogic diet. So it's a diet of the mind. Um, it's really innate to Ayurveda, and it's considered the most important diet plan that you can get on. Um, really, the essence of it is that you want to create more sattva in your mind. And sattva is just purity. It's, it's all about balance and clarity and open space. And so when you have a sattvic mind, that's when you're quote-unquote enlightened. And so all yoga is geared towards that. All Ayurveda is geared towards that. It's all about creating sattva in your life, which is a good space. And there are certain foods that have that sattvic quality. Um, And there are other foods that have um, different qualities that are the opposite of sattva. So you have what's called rajas. And rajas is anything that creates turbulence or movement in the mind. So that's like caffeine, right? Which can be beneficial. But... The other quality is Thomas, which is dullness. And so, as an example, if you eat a lot of meat, you're gonna need to balance that out by drinking a lot of caffeine, Mm. right? Because you're eating a lot of meat, which is dulling, which is Thomas, and then you need caffeine, which balances out by creating movement, which is Rajas. Um, So, but rather than playing that game of trying to balance out movement and dullness and trying to find balance in between those two, the goal of Ayurveda, the goal of yoga, is to eat sattvic foods. And sattva, sattva is that, that state that you want to attain. And so, according to Ayurveda, all disease 
starts in the mind. And so it's most important to not take care of the body, but to take care of the mind first and make, make sure that your mind is balanced, that you uh, see the world cor uh, correctly with the right perception, that you think the correct thoughts, um, and that, that your mind is healthy and pure and open and, and there's not a lot of fluctuations. It's just really steady. And so one of the things that I love to talk about when I, when I teach at yoga studios or in Ayurvedic uh, retreats is teaching people about sattvic foods. And so eating a sattvic diet is pretty simple. I mean, you just need to select foods that have that balancing quality when you eat them. So milk, organic milk, tends to be very sattvic. Rice, very sattvic. Dates, almonds, ghee, a lot of these very nourishing, um, simple foods that you know from the Ayurvedic tradition are sattvic for the mind. And so I don't find a lot of people talking about sattva or these mind-type diets, but I think it's really the most important thing that you can do for your health um, if you're trying to attain wellness. I know, you know the paleo diet is big right now, the keto diet, um, and I think it's variations of good uh, for certain individuals, but... The sattvic diet is, for every single person, beneficial if you stick to it. And generally, um, I say, you know, if you start a sattvic diet, um, which you can find online, um, or I can give you the, uh, the, the guidelines for that. Yeah, we'll put them in the show notes. And if, if you start that diet, stick with it for a month and to see how your mind reacts. You'll find that you're less reactive at work or less reactive in your relationships um, that you naturally are carrying more love just in terms of your being and how you are in the world. Um, and it's just really all about cultivating that through diet because, again, it, from an Ayurvedic perspective, your mind is a byproduct of your food. Your mind is formed from your food. It's the, the energy of the food creates the mind, which is a fundamental concept that's been around for 5,000 years. And so that's the Sattvic diet in short. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but you mentioned one word before this, uh, ogis or something along those lines. Can you just give us real quick what that is? Yeah, so ogis, um, which is spelled O-J-A-S, um, it's a super esoteric concept. Um, ogis means, um, really, it means juiciness um, and, and, or water. And so the whole goal in Ayurveda is to maintain ogis. And ogis is this subtle element that floats around in the third eye, in the pineal gland, um, and it gives you immunity, it gives people the, their glow when you look at them. Um, it's what gives you um, health and longevity, that ogis. Um, again, there are foods that promote ogis as well, but <clears throat> ogis, in short, in, in, a, in, a, in a, putting it into a concept, um, you, everybody starts out as a, as a young, plump, grape, a grape full of water, full of life. And as we age, we, <clears throat> we lose that moisture element and we become a raisin. And so the whole goal of Ayurveda is to increase the water element and that's ogis. And so you need to make sure that, you know, if you're a man, you're not releasing ejaculation all the time because that is pure ogis that you're releasing over and over and over. So Generally speaking, men have less ogis, less juiciness than women because they're losing ogis through 
ejaculation, as an example. Interesting. Um, but there are certain things that you can do to promote OGIS as well. Diet is one of the ways that you can do it. But it's really all about moisture content in the body and juiciness. And so the whole goal is to maintain your juiciness as you age. Wow, that's great. Well, thanks a lot, Nick. Yeah, you bet. All right, that was uh, Dr. Nick from U Theory on Sattvic diets. That was pretty enlightening. Not, not to, <laughs> I guess, in the vein of what he was talking to. Yeah, and basically what I did with these guys is I just said, hey, what's something that you're passionate about or want to talk about and go? You know, I and you could feel that. He yeah. was extremely passionate. Yeah, I mean, that's like his, that's his thing. Um, I Like I mentioned, you know, he's a doctor and he works at a big collagen company so they don't get you know to do a lot of ayurvedic stuff totally uh, they do a little bit but it's obviously something he's passionate about i love that too because when somebody's talking about things that they're passionate about it's not feigned it's it's you can hear it and feel it in their voice so it's cool and it was a different perspective that i haven't been really subjected to or, or had the chance to talk about so that was really cool yeah he sent me the diet so I'll put it in the show notes if you want to see it. Um, but it does have, you know, you drink lots of milk and eat dates, and it's interesting for sure. And abstain. And abstain, like yeah. The O-juice. That's right. <laughs> you didn't think when you started listening that O-juice was going to mean semen, but it does. <laughs> he flipped the script on me a little bit there. I didn't see it going there, but uh, <laughs> all things end there apparently. So, yeah. And start. <laughs> and start. Yeah. It's the source of all things. I also thought it was interesting that he mentioned at the beginning that meat and caffeine kind of balance each other out that meat makes you dull and caffeine kind of creates movement right and so you use both of those to to balance each other yeah that i think that's strategy. what it comes down to in, in general is is about balance it sounds like that's a lot of what what they're dealing with too finding that balance and it was really cool no, it was interesting yeah all right, so the next one we're going to do is Dr. Mark Stangler. He's the doctor who works with Emerald Labs, uh, and he has his own clinic in Southern California. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about IV therapy, which is something that is interesting to him. Yes, that's really big in California. Yeah. I know I have a lot of friends out there that use that. I wonder if it's going to become more mainstream. So it'll be interesting to hear some of that. All right, here it is. All right, I am here with uh, Dr. Mark Stangler, NMD, who has a clinic in Southern California, and he's going to tell us a little bit about IV therapies, which he does quite a bit as his at his clinic. So, uh, Dr. Mark Stangler, can you just kind of tell us, give us an overview of, of what IV therapies are, what you're looking to accomplish, and some of the responses you get? Sure. Well, IV therapy stands for intravenous therapy. And so when you see people in hospitals, they're hooked up to IVs, where they're getting fluids and drugs and all that. Most people are familiar with that concept. And so the advantage of IVs is that you bypass the digestive tract and you can get obviously much higher amounts into the system, into the bloodstream, bypassing the digestive tract. So when someone takes, say, a, a vitamin, for example, you only absor absorb a certain amount of it, maybe 5%, 10% of it, um, which is fine. It's actually a protective mechanism. Certain nutrients, if you absorb them too rapidly, I mean, they could kill you, you know, like iron, for example. It was 100% absorbed. I mean, and people were taking that as a supplement, be even more, it'd be very deadly, right? So it's really a protective mechanism. But when we see patients, say, with uh, cancer, and we need to get in very high amounts of nutrients to activate their immune system, for example, like vitamin C, 
Studies show vitamin C above 25,000 milligrams uh, does have anti-cancer effects. I'm not saying it's a cure for cancer, but it's been documented as anti-cancer effects. It also offsets the side effects of chemotherapy and radiation and things like that. So we typically use about 50,000 milligrams intravenously patients with cancer to augment their other therapies they're getting. Now think about it. If you took 50,000 milligrams orally, you'd have a bad day. You'd have a bad day. You'd be in the bathroom all day if not the hospital. You wouldn't be feeling too well. You know what I mean? So with IV, you don't have any of those problems. Very well tolerated. People with fatigue, for example, we will give them B vitamins, magnesium, things which help the cells create energy intravenously. And it's excellent for helping people with chronic fatigue syndrome, for example. Or maybe, again, someone comes in with an infection. They got pneumonia, they got bronchitis, they got mono, Epstein-Barr virus. We can use things like intravenous vitamin C or things like ozone, which is oxygen, intravenously to get very high amounts. You can get about, depending on what study you look at, you can get 50 to 100 times the blood level intravenously as you can by taking something orally. So basically what we like to do at our clinic is use natural agents because they're, you know, have very little toxicity potential. And, but we use the, the modern technology of IVs, intravenous therapy. Um, and so that's how we can get much better results with people in a much shorter period of time, as opposed to taking things orally, which we do as well. I mean, people aren't coming every day, aren't coming in every day for an IV. So we have people take things orally on their own, come in for a certain amount of IV therapies, and um, it helps a lot of people. So it's a type of medicine that's really starting to pick up steam here in America. Other countries, it's very common, uh, using nutrients and other natural agents intravenously. So it's just using technology, technology, using natural substances, you can really help people. And what type of person, what, what usually do they have going on with them that they would seek out these types of therapies? Certainly a lot of people with cancer, looking to augment their kind of conventional treatments they're getting, um, seek out those people with chronic fatigue. In medicine, people like with chronic fatigue, there aren't many treatments available to them. Usually a doctor will you know, test them, see if they have certain diseases, often nothing comes up. Then they don't have any treatments to really get their own cell energy production up. And that's where like IV B vitamins, IV magnesium, IV glutathione are very effective. Um, we'll use IVs for people, for example, that have neuropathy, nerve damage, abnormal nerve pain and sensations, like people with diabetes. People who got nerve damage from chemotherapy, for example. Uh, studies have shown, and we see with patients, by doing intravenous nutrients, instead of waiting like six months to a year for them to get relief, um, we can get them feeling better in a couple of weeks. So, things like that. Usually more chronic, more severe things typically. And I know there's a history of, I think it's called orthomolecular, yeah, there's a history, uh, Linus Pauling, with yes. those really high vitamin Cs. Is that kind of where this is coming from? That's right. Another term is used, orthomolecular. So you're basically using nutrients, say like vitamin C, other nutrients, but in what we call supra-physiological amounts. So a lot more than what you get in a food, for example, um, to get that really strong effect. Um, so again, using natural agents, the toxicity compared to pharmaceuticals is very, very minor. So again, using technology, we can just help people more quickly, uh, more aggressively. Great. Thank you so much, Dr. Stangler. appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That was Mark Stangler uh, talking about IV therapies. And if you can hear the rain in the background, it did start raining here. So I uh, hope that's okay. It's always appreciated here in Phoenix. I know, right? We'll take it. Yeah. So anyway, that, I mean, that was pretty cool. He's really into IV therapies in his clinic. And, you know, it's like the whole orthomolecular treatments of like super high doses of vitamin C. I think we could really do a whole podcast on that and dive into shall. it. 
Yes, we shall. I, uh, I'm very interested in IV therapies, but terrified of needles. So I have not gone down that road yet, but I've heard nothing but wonderful things. Yeah, I've heard good things too. I think there's some concern about getting out of balance on things. I mean, like vitamin C and vitamin B, maybe they're no big deal because they're water soluble and your body can just kind of get rid of them. But I don't know, it worries me a little bit. Yeah. Just getting blasted with that many vitamins. Like maybe if you do it a couple times, like it's okay. Yeah. And especially if you have a chronic disease, then, you know. You'll any, find, I mean, it's better than chemo or it, some other kind anything's of. Anything's on yeah. the menu. Yeah, for right. sure. Uh, and it is a little expensive, you know. Is it? Well, it depends on where you go, but you, you might be running hundreds of bucks per treatment. Is it something I can do at home? Probably not. <laughs> you could try. I'll just get an enema bag and a sewing needle, and we're just going to try to work this Yeah, out. or you could get a Ziploc bag. <laughs> that way you, you have multiple ones. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. So anyway, the next interview and the last interview is going to be Randy Baresh, who is a farmer, and he's going to tell us about biodynamic herbs. Wonderful. I'm all in. All right. Here we go. Hi, I'm here with Randy Buresh, the co-founder, owner, and CEO of Organs Wild Harvest, and we are going to talk a little bit about biodynamic farming. Uh, so, Randy, if you could just kind of give us a synopsis, a summary of what biodynamic farming is, that would be great. Well, biodynamic farming was actually, uh, came from a process in Germany in the 1920s uh, where a group of farmers came uh, to a guy by the name of Rudolf Steiner, who was actually the guy that came up with biodynamic farming. It was the inception and the beginning of the introduction of chemical pesticides and herbicides on the farms in Europe, greater Europe. And the farmers saw a great change in their land. They saw that the, not only were the, uh, it was killing the insects, but it was killing the birds. And uh, their crops didn't look as good and things didn't feel right to them. And so they went to Rudolf Steiner and says, help us figure a way out of this. And so he gave a series of lectures on biodynamic farming, which included uh, understanding that the plants had a very deep relationship with us as human beings, that the plants had were affected greatly as we are by the universe for the phases of the moon and the, even the constellations and where they are at certain times of the year and so he, he set up a series of lectures and he talked about talked to these over 200 farmers about how to get your farms back to the life that they were once had it's originally and so in these lectures he taught them about prep making which is uh, homeopathic preps that he came up with that actually would help to improve the life and vitality of the soil and the plants as they were applied um, he emphasized composting which was a very important part of that and it really ties into today in that compost help increase soil matter and organic matter in the soil improve carbon sequestration which then improves water absorption and holding the water. So when we have heavy rains, the water doesn't run off into the river, it goes deeper into the ground and is held for when it's really dry. And so an amazing combination. This uh, Steiner was one of these visionaries that, you know, you see some people that seem to have a connection. You know, he's like Einstein. I mean, where did all this knowledge come from? Well, Steiner had the connection with the earth. Not only was a, he, he understood farming and the life of plants and the soil, but he also was a healthcare practitioner. And so a lot of these preps that he made were developed from whole herbs and his understanding of whole herbal medicine. And so it was a perfect match for us not to do that. 
And uh, so about nine, ten years ago now, we became biodynamic farmers and started prepping and composting and growing our, our herbs on our farm. Everything we grow is done biodynamically at the present time. Even the stuff that we call organic is still biodynamically grown. So anything, almost all our extracts that we make are biodynamically grown. We have a line of tonics now that we do that are biodynamic tonics and the, the list goes on and the future is wide open. So. Yeah. So what uh, people who are doing herbs, what could they expect would be the difference between a biodynamic herb and an, just a regular herb? What could they what could they expect on feel, smell, you know, whatever? Well, it, it seems, and, and if there's a fine line there, but it, it seems that the people that try the tonics, uh, that they immediately notice something. And we've been sampling it out here at the show, you know, and, and when you see them take the tonics, it's kind of like you can see it. Some of them go, oh my, I feel that, you know? And so there's something really powerful going on with the biodynamic products. Um, it's hard to explain in words. It's more of a feeling that you have when you take it and the energetics that the, that, that herbal medicine delivers to your body in profound ways. Um, uh, we've had just phenomenal results with things like Count to Zen, which is an adaptogen formula to, to help improve adrenal health and help to, to combat the uh, stress. But uh, it's so much of this is so hard to explain, and it's kind of like you just have to try it. Hmm. And many times I tell people, so when are you going to notice it's working? And I said, it'll be very subtle. But the big thing is when you stop taking it, you go, oh, my gosh, something's missing now. And so uh, that's kind of the exciting part of it, kind of the, the... the powerful thing is that a lot of the things that these plants do, we were never meant to understand, but our bodies are so closely connected with these plants that we as a population have just lost that connection. And I always say it's time to bring it full circle. So, and there's a lot of regeneration that happens at the farm as well, correctly? The land is, is quite different biodynamically versus a traditional yeah, farm? Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, the big big buzzword now, what used to be sustainability, now they're talking about regeneration, and the Rodell Institute's doing a lot of work with that, too. And, and we're a part of that, and it's, it's, uh, it's showing that the biodynamic is probably the very best way to actually increase... Uh, organic matter in the soil and allow the soil to sequester carbon from the atmosphere like it was meant to be and so uh, uh, this uh, as you build the humus there's all this life and this microbial life that's going on under the soil it gets into the roots it gets into the plant and then allows the plants to do that and the better the soil becomes the better conditions the soil become I just figured this out yesterday was the fact that then if you have a big rain it's going to absorb that water rather than uh, allow it to run off. And so it takes it deep into the ground. So when you have droughts, many organic farms, with or without water, still seem to have very healthy plants because it's that reservoir in the aquifer that's coming back up to the plants that, that in the more compacted commercial soil is not there anymore. It runs off. That's why with these big floods when these rains come. We used to have big rains and we didn't have big floods hmm. and now we do you know so wow yeah. well cool thank you so much for telling us a little bit uh, about this um it's a really interesting you know you, you walk around the show and you see like a biodynamic vinegar or something like that so it's it seems like it's on the fringes and it's becoming definitely more popular more and more all the time yeah um do you have any favorite herbs that you take well, the old standby is ashwagandha is my favorite. I've, I've loved ashwagandha for a long time. You know, I, I enjoy turmeric 
another good herb. Of course, uh, and the guy at my age, uh, salt pimento doesn't doesn't hurt a bit either. It's a great herb for prostate hyperplasia, you know. And so those are probably my three go-tos. And then I love our Countazen. That's an adaptogen formula. Kind of gives you that extra energy when you when the day's starting to wear out. You know, a lot of times I tell people. Try it about 2 o'clock when you kind of, you know, man, I could kind of use a nap right now. And uh, it'll kind of just energize you very subtly, but it does do the job. And so um, all the adaptogens I really feel are amazing herbs in themselves. So, All right. Thanks a lot, Randy. You're welcome. All right. That was Randy. Um, Randy's a cool guy. The company he owns is Oregon's Wild Harvest. and Love that company. Yeah, they do herbs. They don't sponsor us or anything, but they do pretty good herbs. And I I like him a lot because he's a farmer, and so he's really down to earth and, and kind of gets his hands dirty and into the soil, you know? Sounds like he knows what he's talking about out there on the farm. Yeah, and I think he's in his 70s, early 70s, that or, or very late 60s. He did not sound, he sounded in his 40s. I mean, yeah, there's something to that, too. He's got that vivaciousness that uh, sometimes is lost with age. Yeah. And he, uh, so biodynamic, I think in the future it is going to start becoming a bigger thing. You know, as time goes on, the whole organic label has really degraded. Like I think when it first came out, organic produce or whatever, you could use like five different natural pesticides and that was it. And now because of lobbying, that's turned into like 150 different things. And if it's organic, it's only 95% organic. So 5% is not organic. So so convoluted. Yeah, it's it's just a government bureaucracy mess over there at the <laughs> USDA. So I think that's it's... putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah. So I think biodynamic is going to be a big deal. And it's very difficult to get. You can only get it from a German certification whatever and it takes like it took them like three or four years to get their farm biodynamic certified you're kidding me no it takes quite a while wow that's dedication too and i'll tell you what like you said before we're not endorsed by them in any way shape or form but i open up a bottle of their herbs and they're really fresh you can really smell freshness to them especially the holy basil yeah definitely so those were the interviews i thought they'd be fun yeah they're great yeah, like they're, they're kind of, you know, a little random on the subjects, but, you know, like I said, I just told them to talk about something they're passionate about, and, you know, it, it just kind of gets a little snapshot into all the different things that are happening. I enjoyed it, and it's kind of a potpourri of the event itself, so we got, like you said, it was the, uh, what's it called, the starter platter. To That's be able- right. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. No problem, and I think next week we have one more interview that we're going to play. Uh, from Jeff, and he's going to talk about CBD. And I think we'll, I mean, I think we'll just do a whole episode on CBD, and we'll talk about the regulation and how to find the best ones, and maybe some stories about people who've taken it and what's happened to them and what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I think it'd be good. Those. Yeah, you know, I'm always down to talk about CBD. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> do you take it every day? I do pretty much take it every day. Like, gotta, that's one of those. It's one of few things that I do take every day. How much do you take? Who's to say? It really? depends on the day, really. All right. Yeah, I'll start off my day with a little bit if I feel like a stressful day is coming on, or I've got a little bit of didn't sleep so well, my neck hurts. Hmm. Across the board, man, I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it next week. Cool. Yeah, it's actually funny when we were over there. 
we went to this uh, cocktail party and there was this guy who was like, man, I'm hurting a little bit. And, and we had a little sample bottle that we had picked up of CBD, like 45 milligrams. And we're all drinking and having fun. And we were like, hey, dude, just take this. And he's like, well, how much should I take? And we're like, the whole bottle, of course. Dude just tips it back, just all 45 milligrams. I don't know if that's a lot. It seems like a lot. He just tipped it back and partied on. It was yeah. like, wow, he, hopefully he had a good day did the he, next day. Did, oh, I so didn't you see didn't him. See him. You nope. didn't get, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that stuff's good all around. Yeah, it is. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. 